You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another wonderful episode of SOB Style of Business. You back again here with Keetra, of course, the host. And today I have another wonderful guest. I will be speaking with Mrs. Carol J. McCoy. And she is a wonderful, 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 fantastic, terrific, great, 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 fine artist, sculptor, painter. She's based in Los Angeles and she is going to be joining us, talking to us about her latest works paintings and what she has on the horizon for 2018. So let's go ahead and, and welcome her and allow her a couple of minutes to give us a brief introduction. And then as usual, we'll stick to the script. So Ms. Carol, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you, teacher, for having me and happy International Women's Day to you for doing all the great work that you do to uplift us all and to bring forward great ideas and entrepreneurship and it's a great platform that you're you're giving us all yes ma'am thank you so much i appreciate your continued support you've supported me for so many years i I truly appreciate it and happy international women's day to you as well and i believe it is also march is women's history month so happy women's history month let's go ahead and get started i know we just talked uh, a couple of minutes before hitting the record button but let's go ahead and and jump into your background if you want to give us another introduction about your particular art and who you are as a, a creative based in the Los Angeles area. Okay. Well, I live in LA and I am creating here and LA is like a, the geographical muse, muse of mine for the moment. I kind of ended up here through modeling and being in the acting scene accidentally. But it provided me with a lot of inspiration and opportunity to travel and to evolve on different levels of creativity. And I was always an artist. And I think that is why I came back to my art naturally in a full way, as opposed to kind of dividing the time between the industry here and my visual art. And I live here and I enjoy the arts here, the movie industry here, and I do arts advocacy here, and every day I'm up and ready to create. I keep a great art journal and um, with drawings and musings on writing and all, and I paint, I sculpt, that's a similar sculpture. I find things, and I yeah. save them, and I want to rebuild and recreate new structures of expression. And I illustrate every day, draw, and I write and do arts advocacy online. And in the physical, I show up and help support the arts and other artists. And my my motto for what I want to do, because my art is so colorful, is called I Paint Me a World, colorfully and beautifully for you and me. And so... That's uh, me, Artist Carol J. McCoy. Artist Carol. That sums it up very well. And I know you mentioned you got started in the L.A. scene with modeling and then someone just kind of gradually got into creating art and, and putting together your own custom pieces. Tell us more about how you got started. 
Well, I got started as a young girl, actually, in uh, elementary school. I think it was my sister who discovered what an artist I was. I used to draw all my paper for school. And um, <laughs> one day I was watching a soap opera while I was homesick with her. And I'm like, soap, and oh, soap. I grab a bar of soap and was furiously, ferociously chasing the images on the screen, trying to trace the faces with the soap. And she laughed and she says, oh, she's our little artist. And it, it kind of like happened from there. And in school, my teachers were encouraging ever since elementary school. I always knew I was being an artist, but somehow in college, in school, modeling, scouts, kind of got a hold of me and I got signed with elite modeling management and traveled all over the world and modeled. But I always did art no matter what. I, I was always drawing. I didn't start yeah. painting until maybe 20 years ago. But I always knew I would paint. I knew it w would be there. As I know with uh, everything else, I always have a vision, inner vision and feeling. And a great thing about having had modeled and being in the acting industry, it gave me a a visual aesthetic for the style of uh, the work that I would do. I was able to appreciate the beauty and form and the energy that other creatives had. And so everything yeah. sort of sort of merged together, came together. And I never take any opportunity for granted or any journey, part of the journey for granted, because I know everything leads to everything, to the eventuality of what we are to become. Yeah. As our total expression as a human. Yeah, and that is very, very important. And I know that you have been doing a very good job at it, at expressing some of the things that you have as far as uh, creating new works. Because I had a chance to check out some of your latest paintings, which there's a piece which is the Bliss on Arrived. You have the Infinito and then also the Queen's Ancestors. But before you give us a description on what those pieces mean to you. How do you go about creating like new themes and concepts for your paintings? From what point do you sit down, kind of have it in your mind, put it on paper, and then when it reaches the actual canvas? Tell us a little bit about your creative process. Okay, my creative process is one where I'm constantly allowing in the state of allowing and allowing myself to be the observer of life as if I am looking into a big screen and I'm looking at life and I'm realizing that everything that is here has already been here and every artist has expounded upon it and that we all get to co-create with the ultimate creator, which is God who created everything. And I kind of start from like, I have like this recipe for creativity. One is observation, two, appreciation of what is beautiful that you see. Three is curiosity on like, hmm, how was that made? Oh, how did this form come together? Yeah. What did it take for this form? Even if I'm looking at a tree like I am right now, it has certain shapes and it has certain texture. And I know that the texture in that can transfer even into an element, a part of a painting for me. But it was the rain and the weather that got that texture on that tree that way. And four is intuition, going by my gut instinct to be brave enough to follow the hunches that I feel inside to go pen to paper, pencil to paper, and create it or write it. And then five is my desire to create it, like really honor the energy and the passion inside me to go forward. And then six is the creation and the implementation of it, actually putting in 
the mental, the spiritual, the physical energy and what it takes to create it and not being afraid to make a, what we call a, some say mistake. And I say a mistake and a mistake to me may not be a mistake to another person who appreciated in that form, but um, being able to just go like with the flow and allow and look for those synchronicities because Sometimes an idea I come up with, if I'm really paying attention, something about it will pop up in a song, it'll pop up in a sign that I'm driving by, or I could look at a movie and I could hear something relative to it, and then I realize, wait a minute, these synchronicities are not a coincidence, that is my guideposts, these are my angels, my creative angels speaking to me and helping to guide me along, and realizing that we, as artists and expressionists, we we get the privilege of helping to keep record, uh, records of expression for societies and people that come after us telling our stories with, you know, by primal nature, we are still visual and auditory people and we want to relate to how others relate to this world. Right. Yeah. And I know you do a lot of the abstract forms on the canvas. So do you go for like a certain feel when you're creating new works or is that, I, I know you said you go from the hunches that you get and you try to follow the synchronicities. So in addition to that, I get, for instance, you have Bliss on Arrival, which is one of the newer pieces that you're working on. How did you come to create that particular piece? That piece came about, I had visited the Getty Village to see the Greek God and Goddess exhibit. And of course, I'm a person who loves form. I have many books on anatomy and biology. I'm like a little nerd when it comes to like science, <laughs> believe it or not. And I'm intrigued by movement and form. And two, part of that was from like the modeling industry, like because I wanted to be a fashion designer as a kid. I saw that beautiful exhibit. And then that year, the Gustav Klimt movie came out and it's called Klimt, K-L-I-M-T. And he painted these beautiful expressionistic uh, paintings of women, the women he was involved with. And he celebrated them in every painting with like gold, a very passionate artist. And so, as you can see, there's form in that painting and there's gold in that painting. And Bliss on Arrival had to do with, it was 2010. And I felt like we were coming out of some ideas. There's a political twist to it also. Kind of like in the middle of war, Gulf War, and it seemed dark. And we just elected a black president, and it was all about hope. And she's looking over her shoulder, and behind her is the past and the dark abyss. And from the heaven, is descending these orbs. They're like ovals of uh, golden drops of uh, hope that mm-hmm. are falling and then there's one breast uh, that's getting pulled, that's projected out. And the breast symbolizes, for me, uh, not just physical nurturing from a breast that gives milk, but more like the milk of life, of uh, sustenance for one to, in order, in order to endure on the physical plane, mm-hmm. along with the orbs that are falling from the spiritual and psychic plane as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a total. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes like, you know, it it takes the artist to really explain what that piece means, because just like I might read something or you might may read, I don't know, maybe like a self-help book, for example. 
what I pull from that book might be something totally different from than what you might pull from it. But I think the biggest thing is that everybody can pull something from it. But I really like the fact that you have a whole theme behind why that piece was important to create. And it's interesting that you can never really look at a painting and tell what inspired an artist and what they were going through in their particular life at the moment. Like, wow, I had no idea all that was relative to what that person was going on in their life because I keep a journal and I'm always writing as I paint and expanding upon how I see things, the hunches that come to me and how they relate to what is going on. But painting itself is very introspective. And so it's cathartic also as well. So that is what ends up coming out. And you're like, okay, what does that have to do with anything? And then you want to talk about Infinito, the one that is abstract, correct? Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. That's one of the favorite ones. Out of the ones that you, the three that you've sent over, that one really caught my attention, I guess, because it's so elaborate. It's just kind of out there. It is, and I wish you could see it in person, because it is sculpture on canvas. When you look at the painting and you really get into it, you're going to see it lifted. It's at least layers of paint, about a quarter inch off the canvas. And I made upon myself a challenge. I, the the energy of how it was coming to me, but I'll tell you, when I knew I would do it, and the book that came to me, a friend gave me a book called Infinite in All Directions, a spiritual book. And so within a few days, I'm like a record shopping with a friend of mine. He likes vinyl. And I remember the group Journey and Steve Perry and Stevie Wonder, my two favorite male singers. And there's like one song in there, like Will in the Sky. may sound trippy to people, but I hear that song as something magical in the sky. That's the way I'm thinking. That's turning us all in the world and have all that time about us. And then the book Infinite in All Directions. And I just started doodling a few days afterwards and the number eight infinity number kept popping up. And I'm like, if it's infinite in all directions, then if I did some art, this needs to be able to hang in every direction. So yeah. the way I design this painting is that it hangs in every direction and it works in its proportions, its dimensions, its expression, the balance of its colors. And that I did. And there were days I wish I had not mm-hmm. because it was a physical painting. Yeah. And I had to work in all corners and all edges and find ways to make it work, tilting it towards me, away from me, spinning it around and working with gold um, acrylic colors and acrylic paste to mold it and shape it and using everything from paintbrushes to plastic forks to Chinese chop my fingers and being exhausted and getting back up and doing it in the middle of the night when I did not want to do it. And then I just kept going. And for me, what encourages me is when I can't remember all my synchronistic moments, but everything just kept popping up and popping up and popping up that was relative to what I was doing and encouraging me to be alone and three other paintings in between. Finishing that one, I call them paintings that relieve me, quick art, and a lot of drawing. And this one is 48 by 64 inches, and I have not shown it yet in physical, but it has been printed in print a few times. 
And the way that I'm going to show it is that it will spin real slow and land in each phase that it can hang in. So be it like that. Yeah. yeah. And you can see a figurative expression of a man and woman inside of it because Life is what makes us infinite, that we keep creating and procreating. And so I had to put that in there. To make it relevant, yeah. And I, I was curious, just like for a piece that elaborate, like I know you don't, or maybe you do, like do you go for a specific time frame as to when you would like to finish a piece? I, I know some pieces probably take longer, but for like a piece like Infinito, how long did that take you? Well, a time frame would be great if I was on a schedule for, say, for instance, someone commissioned me to do something. Yeah. I know, and I have had and have done with the discipline that I know I have, of finishing it at a set date. Yeah. But when something comes to me from my gut reaction to life and my inspiration, I just go with it and take my time with it. And there are some pieces that look unfinished that people say are finished, and I know I want to go back and visit. Now, someone said, collaborated with me, said, I want this or that for my house. And I come up with an idea, and they gave me a time frame as to when they wanted it, it would be done by that set date, more than likely. Yeah. But when it comes for me, for me, like my labor of love, it takes the time that it needs to take. It takes the time that my heart, body, mind, and soul wish to give birth to it. Yeah, you just kind of take your time with it. And what... For the last piece, I, I, I guess, well, I'll tell you what, let's save that. Let's save that because we have another question that'll probably be, that'll be a good segue for this last piece that I want to discuss. So before that, tell us a little bit about your inspiration. So like, where do you draw your inspiration for the art? My, I, the biggest, my biggest form of inspiration, I would say is nature. Believe it or not, anything you want as an artist is in nature. You've got sound. Nature has its own music. If you really can sit there and imagine and say, nature is in concert. When you're hearing the trees and the leaves blow in the wind and you see the movement, that's dancing of the leaves and the trees and how it bends in space. That's nature. Nature writes its own story. That's the seasons of nature and weather that she writes her own story. And as far as art, every form that I see in nature, every form from a rock to a tree, she sculpts herself and she formulates herself into a piece of art. No one could look at a tree and go, that's not art. Well, nature is creating it as art. And so I look in there and I also look at the leaves as uh, color skills because there are so many variants of green in nature. Um, I've done a painting also called Verdant Infinitude, which verdant is green and infinitude is the most infinite. And most people use the grayscale to apply to choosing colors because there's a grayscale in every color, from the reddest red to the palest red or the palest green to the darkest green, which would be more in the family of the black or the pale gray. And I study the leaves and the colors of them and the shapes of them. And I love the rhythm and flow of water. And, of course, after that comes music and other artists and movies, like loving movies all the time that are inspiring, great stories. And uh, I sort of kind of just go with that. And uh, a lot of quiet time. Yeah. And 
a thought to come and then like the world, we're all connected. And one of the reasons, like I say, always like, like for artists, you just got to express who you are and what comes to you. And I never try to make a competition with another artist because that's not my purpose. And my purpose is to expand upon expressing what, you know, spirit addresses me with from day to day. And sometimes you see a sign as you're driving by and you may see like something on a graffiti wall and you get all these wonderful little messages yeah. from the universe and everything that I've ever done, somebody has done something relative to it, but not exactly like it. So we all get to continuously co-create and expand upon what is here and everything is everything and it all comes together and we keep doing it and keep doing it and procreating and creating it. There's always an audience out there for whatever we want to do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Everything is everything. I, I love what you just said. And I know moments ago we were talking about your latest visit to New York and you mentioned something that really, really caught my attention. And you said you just had you had just come off an inspirational tour. And I was asking you about that. But this next question was going to kind of go into that. But tell us a little bit about, you know, you just talked about the inspiration. You get it from nature, music and other artists and just creatives. But the inspirational tour. Like, how has that helped you? Well, first of all, what is that to you? And tell us how that helps you to uh, come up with different ideas for your work. Okay, well, the inspirational tour for me was visiting New York. I had not been there since 98. That was pre-9-11. And after 9-11, it was sort of hard for me to visit again. And I had lived in New York previously for two years and invited out by some friends this time and like come out here, hang out with us, enjoy the energy. And I said, this is going to be my inspirational tour. So landing back in New York and feeling all that incredible energy there and all that creativity there from visiting a friend of mine's daughter's school, the school has incredible arts program and seeing that to going down to Washington through the Smithsonian African American Art Museum. And I can tell you for my soul, my soul feels at home. I am inspired um, from the strength it took for us to be able to survive and endure here in America as African Americans. Mm-hmm. And on each floor that you go in, you can see where we ascend as a culture. In America, all the way to the arts and culture floor, to the scientific floor, to the technology floor, and just to see the vast amount of creation we have contributed as a people from our suffrage. We have made incredible contributions to America and to the world as a whole. And just embracing all that energy and you have all those ancestors, it was incredible and the next day i got to go see uh in washington dr king's memorial and that was powerful for me and then the um the next day in philadelphia the city of brotherly love and seeing the love love sculpture over there and that night seeing black panther and imagine all this happening in black history month and i had a birthday while i was doing all this down oh, there. Oh, nice. And um, I felt like I was in Wakanda. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And I'm just very proud right now yeah. to have been able to 
experience all that and going back to New York and going to the Met Museum and celebrating the Lunar New Year and seeing more art galleries and eating as much different food as as I could in the little Tokyo, little little China kind of town and little Italy and just uh, soaking it all up and it gave me like I would say like some creative red bull in my veins again you know yeah because in LA I sort of forced myself to have that more charged up energy like I would if I had been in New York and LA because LA's pretty laid back I'm a Zen person in my mind, but my body wants to really like produce, like yeah. put out energy and produce. And so I would advise everyone to go out on a creative journey, an inspirational journey, an art date with themselves and romance themselves creatively, romance their mind, body and soul creatively and uh, see how things are made how people are connected and what we want to contribute and just sometimes take a pause and soak it all up in and become an observer and just allow yourself to be inspired again. Yeah, no, that's certainly important. And I know like uh, with being an entrepreneur and just trying to juggle different things and this and that, we kind of get lost in the, the day to day of just trying to finish, you know, a task. So that is certainly important. And this is what I wanted to ask you earlier, and I wanted to hold it until now, because we're going to be talking about how this month is Women's History Month. And I know that you have a special piece called Queen's Ancestors. So I wanted you. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that piece. And then also, if you have any additional special pieces or um, upcoming showcases, we can fuse that in as well. But tell us a little bit about this particular piece, Queen's Ancestors. Queen Ancestors, she came to me in a dream. If people saw my dreams, they would think I'm like soaking in acid or something. (laughs) (laughs) They do see gold faces in their dreams. I do. And I kind of felt like in her, she has her strong look, like she's been through something, but she's wearing it with strength and pride and tenacity, and she's wearing it with honesty of, like, it looks like I've been through it, but I haven't had enough, and I can take more that's coming with me, and I have been going through something, and I, when I feel challenged or weary, I always have to reflect and remind myself of my mother, my grandmother, her mother, the women, the ancestors that came before me, they could not afford to get tired, because if they did, I would not be here, and I, therefore, cannot afford to get tired. Of course, I must rest and pause, but I have that energy to pull upon that is an inspirational energy because they didn't have many choices. They had to keep going on, and so for me, the queen ancestor, she's golden, and Mm -hmm. gold is solid, and that energy is there for us to pull upon. And to look at it as we cannot afford to complain, we just have to keep going and persevering. Persevering. That's perfect. And you just kind of helped me lead into this next topic here as a woman just trying to persevere in this particular industry, you know, your the art industry. What sort of challenges, I guess, I don't know if I would even call them challenges, but I guess, do you feel like there is an equal opportunity for women and artists and even, you know, minority women, like, where do you feel we are at this point? I 
Philadelphia, there's a lot of uh, arrivals and accomplishments upon right now. Right now, I'm looking at more of the women in uh, film in Hollywood who are who are really rising high, from Oprah to Ava to, and then you go to the women in politics, yeah. black women in politics like Maxine Water, and of course, Pat, yeah. uh, Barbara Jordan, who inspired me growing up. My mom loved her. She not born on the same born day, February 21st. So as like Nina Simone, yeah. February 23rd. And I look at that, but for visual artists, I don't feel that women of color have truly had their time or women, therefore. Museums, galleries, institutions still pretty much give more representation and exposure and opportunity to men. And then being a woman of color, it is a double-edged sword. So I've always had to produce from a state of mind of not producing to temper it down commercially or to tailor it to the expectations of the, I would say, what we call white commercialism in order to be accepted. I paint for my troop. I have sister girlfriends of mine who paint from black suffrage. I paint from what I'm inspired by, and that's nature and ideal of creating beauty out of what I went through or whatever, but no one ever really looks at it and go, is there something politically transformational behind this? Yes, yeah. it is. It usually is. Because then, you know, once I start talking about it, you see where I paint from that possibility of hope from suffering. And then as a woman who uh, modeled before, I had two successful black women artists who are successful, who are grand doms of the art industry, tell me, because you're an attractive woman, they're not going to try to take you seriously. Now, who mm. would have ever thought that that should be a problem? Yeah. That, oh, she modeled, don't take her seriously as an artist. I experienced that, actually, in L.A. and with many other situations that I've applied to. They want you to send your photo, and then they go, they're distracted by whatever they think. But that has nothing to do with anything, because that in itself saying that a woman can't be attractive or stylish, don't yeah. take her seriously as an artist, yeah. that has to do with something of like, and whoever is making these decisions, sit back thinking, oh, if, if a black woman don't look more like what we perceive a black woman should be, we don't want her to be overtly attractive or exuding any sexuality, yeah. we should not take her work seriously. And that's just yeah. BS to me. And so, no, we don't, as women, get the same opportunity as men. And a few of the men that I have encountered, without an exception for, there's some few wonderful men who helped, have supported and guided me, like here, like I know and I've met in L.A. and along the way. But there's a lot of them. If you get to work with them and collaborate with them, they think that you're there for their weenie roast. Yeah. I'm not here for you. I'm here to collaborate with you. And I'm equal. And that's why we're here together to co-create or work on something together. And therefore, I'm not going to sit back because you expect me to be the nice little lady. Yeah. But then that's another thing. I'm cool. I'm fine. What I've been called into for this time and for what God is expect me to be if I have to advocate for it by creating the best art I could possibly be uh, create and using my platform to make it better and more fair and equitable for other young ladies or people of color who come behind me, then therefore I, I take the challenge and I shall. 
Perfect. Yeah, you've, you've summed it up very well. And tell us, what do you enjoy most, Carol, about being an artist? <laughs> She's laughing. What do I enjoy most? Well, I had for years friends of mine who used to think she's artsy, but where's that crazy side at? They want you to be crazy. <laughs> like, it's all they provoke you to be crazy or something. You need to be outlandish. Right. There you and go. So, I, being an artist in a permissive way, I think it gives me the idea that sometimes I can kind of say certain things and get away with it because they go, oh, she's an artist. That explains it. You know, yeah. but I don't, I don't use that all the time. I think it's a really, I think a very, in a way, conservative with sort of things I say or do, you know, actions as an artist. Yeah. It's a mixed bag for me. I'm introverted and extroverted. But what I love most about being an artist is being able to express myself and get a high from it. Art is my high. I've never done drugs. I hardly ever drink unless it's somebody's birthday. I might have a toast or a wedding. But I truly get, I feel wonderful after creating. And I don't know how to explain it to anyone. But I have a peace and I have a clarity and I feel actually warm inside from creating. And if that is what love is, I yeah. know that I can't hug my paintings, but I have slept in the bed with some of my artwork after I finished. <laughs> Great. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Or have it on side the bed. Or go sleep in the, the, the studio on the floor next to the work. Yeah. With a big bed in there and waking up like, oh, why am I shoulder hurt? Oh, you fell asleep next painting on the floor and um i'm in love with creating and I, don't, I don't feel like i have enough energy or time in the day to do all the things i would like to do yeah and i i guess that would probably be a bit of a challenge and, and speaking of challenges does it ever get challenging for you as an artist like what what type of challenges if any do you kind of run into i feel like challenges like how I guess just kind of not being inspired or do you know i'm, I'm sure there's probably days to where you you know you oh, wake up yeah you know, Oh, that's hard. Yeah. That is the hardest part of being an artist and knowing when to honor that and ask yourself why you don't feel that way. But I have learned, like I tell any creative person, get up in the morning and journal. I don't care if you start the first sentence off like, my toe hurts or this coffee needs more sugar because you'll find that it will unlock your expression by, because like, you know, like, Look at where the heart is and where the arm is, mm-hmm. and the energy that flows from heart to hand to pen to paper. Not don't journal on a computer, but journal with a pen and paper or a pencil paper. Yeah. Draw or either write it. You will find that it will unlock so many emotions and get you reset and refocused. I have to make myself, whether it is prayer, God, I pray. You know, prayer, do my traditional prayer, but I'm like, God, give me the energy to be able to expand upon your creativity and help me flow. But I, I was blessed to run into someone who gave me a book many, many years ago, and it's been given to me a few times called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Okay. This book keeps coming in my life as I give it away, it comes back. Mm. And The Artist's Way shows you how not to be a crazy maker as an artist, but how to focus it, deal with whatever your addictions are. Some artists are addicted to drama or whatever you need to get past in order to create. 
yeah. and realize that your purpose of being an artist is to express or how to avoid the pitfalls of being an artist. And sometimes it's taking a walk or, you know, just being in nature or looking at a good movie, something like that to inspire you. And it's okay when you don't feel inspired, but you have to realize when it's making you unhappy. When it's making you unhappy, it's just for you to just go and do something. Exactly, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that probably does get a little bit daunting when you're kind of racking your brain. So stepping outside of the work is is definitely a good thing to do. And then you come back and reset and refocus. Another question I have for you, and I guess we'll get ready to wrap up, is as an entrepreneur, what type of tools do you use to help promote your, your artwork? Social media, for the most part. And um, I have, like, an email list of people who I sold to and people I connect to. And I'm always constantly sending them new updates in the email system of what I'm doing and what I'm about to do. But social media, believe it or not, is a very valuable, okay, like, I need to retune my website. Yeah. I can tell you, even when I had the website, it did not get as much effect as social media because mm-hmm. people who want to find you, they're finding you on your Facebook page. You can do sales from there. You can do sales from Instagram. You can do sales even through Twitter. Yeah. But social media brings you closer to people who will feel something from what you do and connect to what you do more so than anything. And now, right now, you can just do online exhibits as well as physical exhibits. But I submit for everything, even if it doesn't kind of require what I am doing. If I see something to submit for, and even if it's at all male artists, like if I'm still going to submit for it and say, just in case you're ever doing the show based on women or this, this is my work. So a minimum of, I would say, 10 times a week, I submit for something. Because all this, it's all like a a luck. It's part of it is luck, but also it's hard work. I think creating at your best possibility and also realizing that you need to be happy about what you're doing. Of course, we all want to make money off our work and we all want to make money as visual artists before we're dead. That's very yeah. important. But I'm going to tell you, and I tell like a lot of artists who, I mean, some artists who their work could be better. They're not putting their all into it, but they're creating and trying to get more likes on social media and they're putting out good work. And they're creating from a space of competition with other people that if you, that's not what you do as an artist. You have to create from a place of your soul being fulfilled. Yeah. That's the most important. And you, I think most artists that I know who are really true to who they are, they've had to make that sacrifice and that decision. If I do not make a living off of this or I do not make a, it's success in his lifetime, so be it. You have to feel, you have to deal with that reality. But I've been very fortunate of having the support and blessings of friends and family helping to support me along my path. And I'm so grateful. And I think that they see also that I'm a giver. I help to support the arts. I don't have money to buy every artist's artwork that I would like to buy. But I figure I could use a separate, I use a separate social media platform on Twitter to help support the arts and hope that whatever I do can help bring awareness and advance other artists as well. And that being an artist, you got to love other artists. You can't hate on other people. Yeah. A real artist don't hate on other artists. And uh, that's just not who we are. We're lovers. We don't get into fighting unless it's for injustices. 
you know, towards humanity. So that's kind of like where I'm at. And I'm encouraged in many ways because as you get older, your work become even more desirable. There's no age cap on being an artist, which is beautiful. And then last year, John Michel Basquette painting sold at auction for a record amount of money. So he was a black artist, and that's the, the highest sale of a piece of art in American history. So yeah. I think my time right now is arriving, and uh, I'm not trying to get there or be on some platform to be, I'm the biggest, best, 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 blah, 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 blah. All I want is to be able to thrive in my survival and to be able to have the best materials, and if not, create those materials. And just be able to paint and live healthy and share and share in uh, my creativity and helping to support and mentor other young artists and just keep creativity moving. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that is certainly a blessing. And before we wrap up, go ahead and leave us with your last words of encouragement for aspiring artists. And then after that, if you also want to let us know of any upcoming events, in addition to where we can find you online with your, your website and social media handles. Okay. For Twitter, you can find me at CJ the Fine Artist. That's C-J-P-H-E-F-I-N-E-A-R-T-I-S. CJ for Carol Jean, Fine Artist as in for painting fine artwork. And Instagram and Facebook, it would be Artist Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, initial J. McCoy, M-C-C-O-Y. And you could Google there, too, and see everything I've done and all the shows I participate in. And um, I am looking forward to some shows that are coming up. I need to finish the painting first. It okay. has nothing to do with me not having work. I have tons of work, but for some reason in my head, I need to finish these two first. <laughs> and I am looking forward to publishing um, a book of illustrations called Art Stories. I've got over 300 illustrations, so I'm editing, and I'm handwriting them in calligraphy, and I want to do a big paper bond art book of maybe 50 of my illustrations and write short stories on what inspired these illustrations. And these illustrations came about by me drawing in the morning as a way of journaling. I would have two papers, one paper that I write where is inspiring the work, and then the other paper where I would write my frustrations of life on. That yeah. don't go in the book, but somehow. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. And so that's pretty much what I am headed into. And I'm open for commissions. I'm open for, for commissions. Of course, I do fine art, but I do commercial work also for people that's created that blends in well with their household for death needs as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll also have some show notes listed under the podcast once it's published. All right, Carol, give us the last bit. Uh, we need some words of encouragement for aspiring artists and other creatives. What do you have for us? I'm going to say this. It might sound cheesy and cliche, but follow your heart. And that's heart with small H and E and with art. Capital A-R-T. Oh, that's nice. Heart. <laughs> nice, nice. I knew it. Yeah, it would have to, have to be another artist to, to suggest that. But yeah, I love it. I love it. Perfect, Carol. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I truly appreciate you giving your time to us. And uh, I'm pretty sure my listeners will appreciate it as well. And we look forward to having you back pretty soon. So you take care and thank thanks so much. You.
Thank you. This was wonderful and inspiring and happy International Women's Month. And to all my brothers out there, thank you all for creating great art as well. And let's just keep this world moving creatively. Thank you. You too, Carol. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.